Blog Talk Radio. Hello, world. This is Billy B.J. Jones, and we are back for the first episode of 2022. Everyday Folks Radio presents Fright Talk. I am so glad to be back. I hope your 2022 is happy and healthy, and we have a packed agenda, not only for tonight, but for the rest of the year, for your horror listening pleasure. If at any time you'd like to speak to me during this live podcast, you can call me at 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. And if you're shy and you prefer to inbox me with your questions, comments, and requests, you can send those inquiries or comments to everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. I also have my Instagram open. Go and check it out. Go to Dr. Billy Jones right on Instagram. You can slide into my DMs with your questions and comments as well, too. Before we get started with the show today, I want to give a special shout-out and also make a special announcement. Shout-out to all of my friends, writers, creators across the world. As we continue to navigate in these unprecedented times, it's still an opportunity for us to be creative. So hopefully we can find our muse in our channel and our, 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 our abilities to really put out and turn out some of the most creative stuff we ever have, despite the challenges. Also, I'd like to recognize my family at Broward College. Thank you, colleagues, students, staff, and the like, for always supporting Everyday Folks Radio. I have a special announcement for those of you who are interested in being part of something very new. Starting this coming Saturday, not tomorrow, but Saturday on the 29th, we're launching Fright Talk Squad, which is an experience for all of you who are interested in horror and suspense. It's a great opportunity for you to really further the conversations about horror. So we're going to start virtually, and then we're going to transcend on to meetups, physical meetups, of course, when healthy opportunities arrive. Be advised, however, to sign up. Go to meetup.com and type in the words Fright Talk Squad inside the search option, and you will find our meetup option, and we hope to see you there. Can't wait to meet many of you. Also, just a few reminders, go to everydayfolksradio.com and check out some of our latest shows and our latest, our latest lineup. We have the lineup for 2022, the tentative schedule up, so there you can find out when all of our next episodes, live episodes, will take place. But if your schedule doesn't allow, it's okay. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Blog Talk Radio. So you have a number of spaces where you can get in and get the excitement for everything happening here at Everyday Folks Radio. Now on to the show for tonight. Marvel Comics calls Morbius the living vampire. The Morbius film, it is scheduled for release 
this summer 2022. So who is Morbius? And what should audiences anticipate in the film? So I'm very delighted that you're able to join us for this first live discussion of 2022 as we take a deeper dive into Morbius. So before we get into that, I'd like to share with you who this Morbius character is. Many of you may not know this or may have not even heard of him, but Morbius isn't new. He came out during 1971 as a, as an, as a, as a villain in the comic book um, series featuring Spider-Man, Spider-Man 170, 101 to be exact. And so in that particular year, Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man meets this character. And what's unique about Morbius, because he is a living vampire, is that he didn't come about through natural means as a regular vampire, meaning he did not have the opportunity to be bitten and have it passed on through blood. He actually emanated as a result of a scientific failure. And he, as his fictional name, his full name being Dr. Michael Morbius, he was a fictional character, and this experiment went wrong, and his entire storyline, Morbius' storyline, is about finding a cure for this illness that has created him into this entity, into this being. And throughout his journey, he runs into Spider-Man. They have these, you know, his biochemical experience just throws him off. And then what's even more about that is that he cre- he's giving these pseudo-vampiric superhuman abilities. They're very unique abilities abilities that transcend what we would probably be normally appreciative of through supernatural means. But these pseudo-vampiric abilities, one of them gives him the ability of an insatiable lust like a vampire for blood and the effort to eventually break him from this, this villainy because obviously he's set up from the juxtaposition as the villain the villain who wants to hurt humans and needs a human in order to survive. So throughout the storyline, he goes on this quest and he begins to unfold and discover himself. And throughout the comic book stories, because Spider-Man, keep in mind, Spider-Man is the good guy in the early days of this comic strip storyline. Immediately, Morbius is set up as the villain. Throughout his journey, however, he begins to team up. He he makes these appearances and connections with other characters. In fact, Stan Lee and the creators thought at one particular time that, hey, here's this amazing character who has a very unique perspective. And keep in mind, this is 1971. It's 20 plus years, well, I should say maybe 40 plus years out from the original Dracula, Dracula that emanated. And Dracula lore, as we talked about in several episodes in Everyday Folks, it just transcends all other storylines and all other histories, an amazing history and storyline. But uniquely here is that Morbius begins to have these stories where he ends up teaming up with other bad guys. And those bad guys, and I shouldn't say all bad guys, because some of them were all bad, but some of them include the late Dr. Octopus, who Dr. Octopus wanted to recruit him in order to be part of his, well, be part of his team, but there was something that he wanted from Morbius. But even along the way, he, he meets other characters. He does meet, for instance, the, um, the Thing Man. He also runs into um, Ghost Rider, and they're trying to team up for a legion of monsters to take on another adversary 
So it's really neat that in these early storylines, and we're talking 20, 30, 40 years back, it's neat how they're creating this new identity of a villain into an antihero. And for those of you who don't know what an antihero is, it's, it's when we get a character um, that is so remarkable, so compelling, that we begin to cheer for the bad guy. And we get a good examples of that through not only books, but also films as well. If you've ever heard of the Joker, the Joker is a great example of an antihero, where at one point we know that the Joker was bad and creating a lot of mischief for Batman. But in time, he created such an image for himself that fans adored the, seeing the naughty and not so good. So they begin to, the, the fans begin to cheer for this bad guy. And what's neat about that is that as the story unfolds and as new generations are introduced to the character, you get these opportunities to really see the character and get new storylines that have even greater depth and, of course, more technology enhancements and effects that really make the story more impactful. So Morbius, I would dare to say, will in time, if, the, if it goes as we hope it will, will, because we've been really hoping for a new good film especially one of an anti-hero about a character that we haven't seen before. And yes, it's always great to hear about the Joker. It's always great to hear about some of the others. Even Venom is a great example of another as well. Or Carnage, if you look at that storyline too. But Morbius brings a whole other different spin. We've seen Blade, for instance. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about my boy Blade. Blade being a vampire himself, a daywalker, and an incredible storyline. Also a character that brings in an identity, um, an identity in, um, option into the stories of, of comic book heroes, being of African descent and having this ability to be immortal and a daywalker with vampiric or vampiric abilities. But interesting enough, Morbius is different in that regard because Morbius brings another perspective that's very different. One the title. He's a living vampire. So what does that mean? <laughs> a living vampire who, interesting enough for him, I, I got to say this, he has this rare blood condition. And this rare blood condition also gives him a very unpleasant, in fact, pretty ugly look. And despite these looks or challenges, he's still a gifted person and actually ends up winning a few awards. You know, as Dr. Michael Morbius, he wins the Nobel Prize. He wins these options and opportunities that really would, would make him uh, at least respectable in society. But the truth is, at some point in his storyline, this unknown, this cure for himself, this unknown blood disease that he has, he attempts to, to create this mixture, this mixture of vampire bat DNA and some kind of electroshock in order to create this therapy, this solution to his blood issue. Lo and behold, what ends up happening is that instead of it having this effect, um, it gives him this pseudo-vampiric ability and these powers and this bloodlust that really reinforces a vamp the vampire um, identity that we know, but it gives in some other scientific aspects as well. And so throughout the quest, yes, he, he can, you know, he, he has, you know, this ability to drink blood in order to survive. He does have this strong um, dislike or aversion to light, you know, the things we know. His, he, you know, he can fly. He can do those kinds of things. But in order to do those things, he did have these other unique abilities as well. 
he has superhuman strength, which is something that people are looking for in a vampire. I think that's pretty badass when he can throw things. <laughs> and also the ability of accelerated healing, the ability to heal oneself and to create, you know, when wounded, shot, or things like that. But one other thing that I thought was super neat about him is that he could not be lack lycanthropic, which is he couldn't transfer or transform into other animals. And I thought that was kind of sour. I really wanted him to be able to be other things, but then it kind of makes sense. If he's on a quest for DNA, uh, if he's on his quest for DNA solution for his DNA problem, but he thinks a vampire bat DNA blood would help him, then I could see how that helps reinforce the scientific aspect and not the supernatural aspects of Morbius coming to fruition. And also, he did seek some help from other um, individuals. You know, even after he battled super, super, um, Superman, or Spider-Man, excuse me, he also, in the Human Torch, of course, he had this encounter with these other folks, and he actually met this demon named Milrak, and they had this interesting situation going on, and he drank her blood, and he killed her, and then he began to feel very guilty about the situation afterwards. So it's kind of neat because now he became a bad guy to take out other bad guys, which makes him even more anti-hero related. But then at some point, you don't know what side he's on. I do feel that Morbius represents the outcast of our society. We get those individuals like Frankenstein who are created, constructs created by man, but then rejected by, or I shouldn't say man, but humans, but then rejected by humankind because of their uniqueness. And if anything, I do hope that the Hollywood stories will make that make the story more impactful by bringing in that humanistic side, as well as the gory and fun stuff, the sci-fi and the, and the, and the special effects, by helping us get this humanistic connection to him, this ability to only want to be healed and be happy and healthy, ironically, kind of like the things we want right now. I mean, think about it. Morbius is looking for an opportunity or solution for his own illness, but then we're right now dealing with a coronavirus in the world. And we are, scientists are working and trying to create an impact on this illness among us. Well, then think about it. If we're not careful, could we very well become the next Morbiuses? Or are we creating a new species of superhuman? Is, or is this just the fate of the gods or a god or even nature? Just to keep us reminded again and again that no matter how powerful you are, man, humankind, in terms of understanding the things that are bestowed upon you, you can't stop them from happening. And so, folks, welcome to the first quarter of our show live tonight. Super excited you're here with me. If you want to chat, call in at 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. As well as you can inbox me with your questions, comments, and requests at, well, everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. So I'm getting some questions that are coming in from a number of folks, and I do believe we're getting a new uh, an addition, um, a few that are coming in from the, store, the line. So we're going to do our best to try to take you here. So we appreciate the questions. We appreciate the love. If we don't get back to you, I promise I'll send you an email or a DM and reflect upon it in our next episode. But before we do that, I think I got a new guest here was with me tonight. Right. Brother Nadim, is that you? <laughs> it is me, Billy. Are you leading hey, me listen, out of the brother. haunted house? <laughs> no, so folks, I owe everybody here an explanation. 
And Billy, I owe you an explanation because I'm running on ghost time over here. <laughs> so I looked at my clock. I had two minutes before showtime, and I run over, and my Zoom does not work. And then 7 o'clock passes, and then I start freaking out. So I said, let me call into the show and see if I can get in. I was listening to the show, and it doesn't sound like Billy needs me because he was doing such a good job by himself, but I'm gracious enough that he let me in. Well, we are glad you're here. And folks, in case you don't know who this is, this is my, my, my other half, my better half, my, my co-host, Brother Nadine Tabs, the other half of Fright Talk, guys. Welcome, brother, in 2022. We got the show going. And you know what? This is a great topic. You know, because even as I was, you know, researching on, you know, and learning, trying to recall what I read about Morbius over the years, because he's not new to me. I just found the character as honestly basic as it is. I can't wait to see what Hollywood would do with him. Do you agree? Right. Oh, there's absolutely. Just so many possibilities. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, Billy, you grew up like I did with comics. And I think that mm-hmm. there's a lot of heroes that, you know, when we were kids, they would have never made a Deadpool movie. And they made a Deadpool movie, and it was actually pretty funny. So the fact that they're willing to explore uh, heroes and make films of their stories that are very, very interesting uh, to some maybe lesser-known heroes, I think it's a fantastic thing. And I'm sure that, you know, I think that they postponed the opening of it, um, yeah. so it should be coming out soon, only because they postponed it. And I think a lot of people are going to really flock to this to this new movie. And I, I remember... I think pre-pandemic, Billy, you and I were in a comic shop, and they re-released mm-hmm. uh, Morbius, the number one mm-hmm. comic. I thought we both bought it. And that was, at that point, was like, oh, yeah, there's a Morbius movie that's going to come out. And we were super excited about it. So I'm really glad to see Hollywood actually doing it. And I want to say thank you for that. In fact, that was, gosh, you just reminded me, that was two years ago. We were at a dinner. We went to dinner for your birthday. I remember this. And then yes. we ended up at Tate's yes. over in North, some, mid-Broward somewhere. It was a great store. And folks, shout out to Tate's, by the way. I'd never gone there. Nadine talked about it a million times, and we finally got a chance to do it. And I bought that book. And thank you for mentioning that, because I completely forgot I had that comment book until you said <laughs> it right now. Collector's <laughs> item now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much for that. But you know what, Nadine, here's how we'll do this. I have a ton of questions on this side. Not sure if you can see some of the ones that, that were able yeah. to come in from your end. Yes, but we'll, yes, go, we'll go ahead and start. We've got a couple of questions that are, that are jumping in, you know, that are coming in that are quite interesting that definitely will make us think more and learn more about this character. Now, folks, there's a disclaimer. Do know that because Morbius is one of those lesser characters, for now, I want to say for now in quotes, mm-hmm. there is limited information about him other than what one can pick up if you go and pick up at Tate's or any of, or, or, or our other favorite app, Nadine, what was the app where we can go and get all of our um, um, Comixology. Comixology, right. So you can go on these, these wonderful options, folks, and check it out. I don't think you'll be disappointed because you'll get something new. Just a thought. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I think that um, as you listen to the show, what, what I hope is that people who have never heard of Morbius, this will hopefully pique their interest uh, to read about it, as you said, or see the film when it comes out. Agreed, Nadine. And I got a, a comment that came in from Diane. This one came in about an hour ago, so I added it to the list. 
you know, as I was compiling the ones that came in early, and I was like, oh, wait, this popped in as I was literally creating our list. It's from Diane, and she writes, Ghost Rider also teamed up with Morbius at one point in the comic book series, which we, which we said earlier. But I like the second part. I think Hollywood is going to have a lot of spinoffs in the near future of Morbius, that is, or, or follow-ups or sequels. What do you think, Nadine? I agree with that. You know, the first Ghost Rider film came out, and I was like, all right, it's, it's all right. Then the second one came out, and I wasn't too crazy about it. But it, I think it's one of those things that if a film comes out based on books or comic books, if the first one is absolutely a hit, then it's more likely that you'll have a, a ton more spinoffs. And, you know, if it's not a hit, an example would be the first Judge Dredd movie. Judge Dredd was a beloved independent comic mm. and they came out with the movie with Sylvester Stallone the first mm-hmm. the first Judge Dredd and it just bombed at the box office so after that nobody wanted to see another Judge Dredd movie because it kind of they were you know kind of uh turned off by it and I think the same thing kind of happened with Ghost Rider so mm-hmm. I'm hoping that with Morbius I think the world is ready for a new type of vampire and that's what mm. Morbius is I think that's a great point in fact because Morbius, you know, when you look at Morbius, folks, and I got to say this, Nadim, it's all honesty. When I look at Morbius, I think of the X, you know, the, uh, the, the X-Men character who can disappear and reappear in different places. I forgot his name. Um, oh, gosh. Mark, no, no, not more. He has a little pointy tail. He has blue skin. Oh, uh, Beast. Be- not Beast. It was another one. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, yes. Nightcrawler. So when I see Morbius as the comic book character, I don't know why I think of Nightcrawler. It, well, it, you know, and I know they're, they're not Marvel. the same. They're, they're both, both Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. But I don't, you know, but you know, when I saw it at first, you know, when you look at the comic book, when I, I remember when I picked up the comic book at tapes that night, I looked at, it, I'm like, oh, this is Morbius. I was like, oh, but he looks kind of like, you know, I thought Nightcrawler, but obviously the storyline isn't. So I just wanted to throw that that similarity, but. Back to Diane's point, I think the idea of more spinoffs is great because I see Spider-Man is out. My students are going crazy for it. My college students love yeah. Spider-Man. They're talking yeah. about Spider-Man. There's never enough of Spider-Man. I'm better with Spider-Man, and I'll be honest, folks, don't hate on me for this, but I prefer – I don't know why I prefer Spider-Man over Batman. I don't know why. It's just that. What? You know, I just <laughs> What? Oh, I don't agree with that one, but it's Okay. <laughs> Well, I enjoy the Spider-Man movies, though. I will say that, and, and I'm curious to see the the new Batman movie. Um, yes, that's going to be coming out soon. So, so I am curious to see it. I've heard only wonderful things about the latest uh, Spider-Man one, though. True. It's very true. Very true indeed. We have now, another question. Yeah, you want ahead, to go you want to take it? My side. So we have a question here from India. Hmm. Um, and India states, well, ask, Morbius lacks shape-shifting abilities. I think it would have been cool if he could have done some of that. Do you agree? What other powers does he possess or not possess? So I guess India just wants to know more about Morbius himself as a character. What can he do? So earlier in the episode, it's a great, that's a great question, by the way. You know, so when, when, when one thinks of Morbius, you have to keep in mind, India, that one, he has, he has pseudo-vampiric abilities, which did not emanate through supernatural means. 
meaning, you know, like you bite or you're bitten by something and then lo and behold, or some kind of um, external, you know, force or, be, or being that gives him this gift, right? Um, he really was a, a creation of a science experiment going wrong in most cases while on the quest to cure himself, right, of his rare blood disease. So one of the things that's super neat about his abilities is, well, number one, he can't shift shape, you know, shape shift. And part of that I, I, I would assume in that regard is, well, if, even if he could, what would that do for a character that's already supposed to be so strong? He has True. superhuman abilities. He can fly. He, he, can, he, he has um, issues with the sun as others, you know, as other right. vampires would. The one thing I think, if I'm not mistaken in the storyline, I think he had some issues with, uh, there was an issue with one thing, and I'm trying to remember. It was an issue that he had with, um, he, well, mind reading was, an, it was, he could do it, but not as intense as others could, or he could do it with people, but he couldn't do it with the animals. It was something like that. It was one of those two, right. I'm trying to remember. So it was like, okay, you give him these abilities or not, but then, but he was such, another thing that I thought was super cool is that this ability to heal, he could heal like other vampires. He definitely could heal in that regard and self-heal when, when inflicted with, with, with pain or objects or things like that. Right. So what makes him any different from, let's say, Blade? Yeah. Blade is a daywalker. Yeah. Right. And I think your point is, Billy, well, what it sounds to me is like what you're saying is being a vampire is enough. Yes. Right? Yes. So if you're already a vampire, you have all of those other abilities, why would you need an additional superpower? Absolutely. And also, kind of not to spoil what I've already gotten a taste of from vampires and Dracula. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because there's some, you know, think about it. You know, if you had to pit him up against someone else, you know, like, you know, we had to put him against Blade, for instance. I'm not sure what that outcome would be, but the point is, he has some he has some abilities that make him human more. I think in another way, than Blade would have been. Right. And you, you know, do you think Morbius, the, yeah. the film is gonna? You think it's gonna take on that that Blade horror tone to it? I would hope not, because Blade Blade took another angle. It was more action at some point. Like as I was watching, I was like, this is clearly an action film with a taste of horror. And right. I'm sure this is gonna be the same for Morbius, but it's different. But also, too, I'm also basing that on the trailer, which gives me just enough, but not enough, to make that assess that assessment. Right. Yeah. True. A very good point. Very good point. But the dean, do you feel that there's some? Do you feel that there are some character characteristics or abilities that you wish she could have? I mean, but I'm kind of on the same page that you are, Billy. I mean, it's almost like he's already a. Usually, superheroes have a couple of like sticks right or superhero abilities um i say most superheroes like batman doesn't have any you know superhero ability other than being rich (laughs) but um (laughs) i don't i don't know if like you does he really need it i mean would it be silly if he was a vampire and had laser beam eyes you know what i mean like i I feel Uh, like with you being a vampire is enough yep it's enough. It's it's you know. It, it, here's here's one more thing I just thought about too. If he had, if we give him any more, I think it'd just put it over the top. I think the world is ready 
there was a there was an era in Hollywood when we saw a lot of vampiric things coming out, you know, from movies to TV shows, right? And that was a good what twenty plus years ago. There was that being a vampire is sexy, <laughs> and it was right. very attractive, whether it be from you know Twilight to Buffy, you know, and and then of course the Blade, and, and they weren't exactly all around in the same years, but they they evolved around the same time. And an and era as far as a decade. And so yeah. now we're definitely moved on. We've been in a zombie phase for quite some time, right? Yeah. Definitely loving a lot of female witches and, and ghosts and La Llorona's and <laughs> like nuns, <laughs> nuns and dolls. And I'm wondering if this is the new cycle that we're bringing back vampiric identities in Hollywood. Just a thought. Interesting. At the last. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, and it it does you know, especially with vampire films and, and series, it does go through phases, right? So yeah. you have the the Anne Rice phase where people loved the interview with the vampire, and and the books as well, the Vampire Lestat. Then you had Queen of the Damned, and then it kind of morphed into you had the the Vampire Diaries show, and then eventually you get like Twilight. I'm not sure which comes first, the Twilight series. And then the vampire thing dies down. And so I do think there there is a cycle um, that every new, I guess every new cycle, every so often we get a new addition to the type of vampire that we're looking at or dealing with. Well, you know, there was a character in the storyline. I, I, I read this somewhere a couple of days ago that Morbius actually had to take on other vampires in another place. I think it was like in Spain somewhere. And then they had huh. to, he had to fight King Morbius. Which was a vampire made by his own blood. Oh, <laughs> interesting. I was like, I like this storyline. That was an That's interesting storyline. Story. Like, that would make really cool, you know, if this, I really hope it kicks off well. And it gives the, the storyline a little life, right? If we get a few years of Morbius's, you know, sequels, it would be really cool to see that come in. And to see some of these other characters, these other dark characters like Thing Man and Ghostface Killer, uh, I mean, Ghost Rider, excuse me, um, come back in. And I think Ghostface Killer, the rapper, good grief, but <laughs> Ghost Rider to come in and, and really bring them back into the fold of this. This would be really cool. So I, I hope, I really hope that is, is something that would possibly take place. Yeah, and having right. said that, we're getting our, so the questions popping in. Yeah, we better pop on them. We better. <laughs> um, all right, we have here, ah, Xavier. Xavier states that Morbius looks so sinister in comic book. I think Sony did a great Sony did a great job uh, of featuring him the way he is. So, mm. I mean, can you look sinister and still be considered, uh, still be likable as a character? Hmm. Mm. What do you yes. think? I do. I, I, as long as the look is not as ultra gory that I made people cringe. And I have to say, we have to say thank you to Sony because that image on our promo flyer looks great. Oh, yes. Courtesy is. of Sony Pictures. It, the green, the color, the, the looking over his shoulder with the red eyes, the, the gnarling teeth. I just think it's, it's just a classic, awesome look. Great special effects. Are, you know, they're not overdone. And it's different. We haven't seen anything that looks like that ever. So there's no. a lot of thought in that. And, 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 con- and congratulations to Jerry Leto for really 
or is it Lido? I think I'd ever say his name right, but for his <laughs> really holding on to that and really bringing that character's physical identity to fruition. So I, I do feel that the look is great. I think he's ugly just right. He looks like a bat, but I still see him as a man. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I, I, I agree that he looks sinister, but I think you could still root for somebody who looks sinister, right? Mm-hmm. Because in a lot of movies the or even stories and books, the vampires are not painted as the hero. They're painted as the villain. Where in this in particular, I believe they're going to make Morbius, I mean, he is a type of superhero. So I think they're going to make him, though he's going to look sinister, I think that people will find themselves rooting for his particular uh, character. Right, right. That's a very good point. And that goes well with, you know, Denver's question. Denver asks, Denver, by the way, Denver, welcome back, 2022. (laughs) Denver is always checking in with us and keeping up. I didn't know that Morbius and Spider-Man didn't get along. Is that how he started? And so, yes, (laughs) absolutely. It's absolutely how he started. And not only that, it's interesting because I always feel that the the bad guys who fight Spider-Man, they always seem to have some really badass abilities. Like, yes. I mean, each one of the characters, I think that's probably why I like Spider-Man more, because the characters in that regard are so interesting and, and many times could very well overpower Spider-Man. Because I feel he's more limited in certain aspects than Batman is. But then Batman has right. certain things that Spider-Man has that he could use. But they right. each have enough strength to fight what they get. But by, mm-hmm. but 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 Spider-Man definitely takes on more supernatural characters, right? And supernatural villains who who really could really wipe him out. Yeah, I agree with that. And also, so think about it. You get one of the first appearances of Morbius. It's Morbius against Spider-Man. You see it yeah. on the front cover of the comic. Automatically, the brain is going to register. What do we think of Spider-Man's the hero? So right. whoever this other character is in the book, we we don't assume that they're fighting together we just automatically assume whoever the cover this is in the book this is the villain and so morbius through time through comics has kind of getting gotten and received that that villain type of um i guess reputation about him mm, good point that's a very good point and, and you know in the storyline as, as i'm i'm scanning some things as you're talking and I'm looking at some of the sites that are really – kudos to the bloggers that are out there who are giving life now to Morbius. I did not know he did fight Blade at one time. Really? He fought Blade. He was, was one of the, And then he had a battle with Werewolf, with Jack Russell. Huh. I was like, hold on. Like, this is great. Like, this is great. So the more I'm seeing this, I'm very curious if any of these characters – um, or even Easter eggs will be planted in order to give a tribute or a taste of what's to come, a foreshadowing hint of what's to come with some of these future co- um, conflicts. Because I, I don't think what we're going to see, folks, it's, not, it's just not going to be a one-shot deal. So that means we really have to support it. But in fairness, we have to like it. Yeah. And, and Billy, I, let me ask you this, because this is something that, that I've thought of. And we know that Jared Leto... I, I also, I'm not sure to say Lito or Leto, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we know that he played the Joker. You mentioned it earlier um, mm-hmm. on the podcast. And now he's playing, and we know the Joker is DC, and now he's playing Morbius 
which is a hero from Marvel. My question is, do you think that an actor or actress, once they play that one hero role, is it a little, I don't know, does, does the audience kind of staple the person to the first role and the first character? Mm. Or is it going to be easier to see him as a new character? Are people going to look at Morbius and think Joker? Mm, that's a very good point because I, I have to – that's a very good question. Think about what happened to Jack Nicholson, right? And right. what in, he played Joker at one point, but before that he played John Johnny in, in The Shining. Right, he, correct. He played that role so well that when he people did. started seeing him in these other roles, he did a good job as Joker. I'm going to give him props there with the Michael Keaton era. Yes, absolutely. However, people were so enthralled with the, the compelling um, performance of the other things he's done before that. It was almost like, what is he doing over here in this spot? He needs to go back over there. And so yeah. I feel today, because we haven't really seen, and I'm not knocking any of these superhero characters, the ones that we see today, they're really nice. And I think they're compelling. The, the, the actors are amazing. I just feel that Jared Leto or Leto will, he brings something more. He has that Victorian look that just transcends times and eras. You know, those blue eyes, like he could be a bad boy or he could be a good guy. And then on top of that, he has those acting abilities that just, make, that just accommodate to the role, that really own the role. It's right. different because I thought Jack Nicholson, and I'm using an example because it's work with me here. I think Jack Nicholson, because Jack Nicholson wasn't as attractive, right, as far as, you know, he was, he was always pinned as the bad guy in his role. Mm-hmm. Bad guys sometimes don't look that good. Then you get Jerry Leto, who looks like a god. <laughs> so <laughs> it makes it easier to, for him to assimilate or to, you know, mutate or transform or migrate to another role. I don't know if any of that made sense, but it was in the top of my head. <laughs> it made sense. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, I have a great question here. Okay. Um, this is from Jason. And okay. Jason asks, who will win this fight, Morbius or Blade? See, see, uh, Morbius. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm about to, I'm about to put one off on you because I feel Blade could see. You know, it's Blade. Blade is so. Bad. Okay, see, I'm also caught into what Wesley Snipe has done. Okay, Wesley Snipe. He did that. He did it well. He did the role well, right? So I would say Blade. You know what? I agree with you. And I agree with you because Blade is a vampire hunter. Yes. And, and Morbius yes. is a vampire. So I agree with you. I think Blade would most definitely win in a fight. Yep. Yeah. And Blade can walk in the day, which gives him e- um, extra advantage. He has a vantage sure. point. He can uh, walk in the day. Morbius can't necessarily do all that, right? And That's true. It's just, and I just feel that Morbius has all these issues with people. <laughs> Like, I'm telling you, I'm looking at the list. Himself himself oh, my God, he kicked off the werewolf X-Men thing. Fantastic. For, uh, what? Like, it's like, what is going on here? Morbius was making his appearances all over the place. So, True. yeah, I think Morbius has a lot of, like, you know, mental or, you know, inner conflict conflicts that Blade did not. That's a fair yep. point. That's a fair point. Yeah. So, right. so the name, I got a question for you. John okay. wants to know, are there any other vamp- vampire comic characters besides Morbius? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there is Vampirella. 
was a huge, huge uh, character. Mm-hmm. Um, there is at one point, there is a, well, obviously Blade would be the other one. There is a storyline um, where Batman actually becomes a vampire for a short time. And really? then, for that, yes, yeah, back in like um, 1992, they came out with a series of Batman and Dracula, which mm. led, me, led me to my other point. Dracula is also considered uh, a comic book superhero because he has sure. his own line of That's comics cool. as well. But uh, in the early 90s, there was a Batman and Dracula series. That, it was called Red Rain. And in that series, uh, Batman turns into or gets turned into a vampire as well. I never knew that. I never knew that. John, thank you for the question and Nadine for the feedback. And I'm writing things as you're telling me because I'm like, I got to look that up. I got to, this is all fascinating information, especially as we begin to understand for our own sake what, who Morbius is, but also hopefully, you know, hopefully getting a taste of what Hollywood may be thinking about um, in terms of where the character can go. Definitely going to be interesting. Wow. Yeah. So. I wanted to say this, Nadine. We have right now 20 minutes remaining in our show. Can you believe this? Time is flying when we're having fun. And, folks, if you still want to call in, although you're quiet on the chat line, you know, we still have some questions that are coming in on our end. Call us at 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. I'm checking my inbox. So, so far, we're good for those who, who were new questions but we still have a few more that we're going to clear out now. All yours, Nadine. So we have a question from Arnold. Okay. And Arnold says, Werewolf and Morbius become strange friends in the book series. They met as enemies at one point. Do you think we need a remake of Legion of Monsters, the team-up of Morbius with Ghost Rider and Thing Man? Ooh. Ooh. That sounds good, doesn't it? Ooh. 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 And I hope it's a three-hour movie with great storyline. <laughs> just do so much with that. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so the, the, what does Ghost Rider do again? I only remember the, the skull head and, and the motorcycle and the chain of fire he could throw. And so I, I believe he comes from hell, right? So he's ah, that's the right. Ghost that's Rider right. from hell. And if I'm not mistaken, is he the one that shows people like they're – like he looks in – People look into his that, eyes oh, and they see, right. like, the, their deepest fear or something like that, and they, you know, and they end up going, you know, berserk. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I believe that that's what his thing was. Now, I'm a little – so in the movie, I don't recall in the movie or the book, I never recall Ghost Rider turning into Ghost Rider. And I'm mm. trying to think of the movie if Nicolas Cage, like, can will himself – I guess is my question, to turning into Ghost Rider. Do you remember this from the movie? Because I, I, I do. I'm a little I fuzzy with the details. Yeah. Um, okay. So I thought that hmm, – I, I guess I remember the part where – I guess it was toward the middle or – I believe it was toward the latter part of the movie where something had to trigger him, right? I thought he had – there was a trigger or something. I, right. You know, now that I do think about it, I don't remember. I remember him turning into this thing – I thought I thought that he had to be influenced to do it. I didn't even think it was like a flame on flame off thing like Human Torch. I don't right. I, I don't recall it being something that could automatically he could just do. It had to come at the will of the moment. Got it. I could be very Got wrong it. on this one. Well, well, here's something else. You know, Thing Man. I just did a quick Google of Thing Man. Holy crap! I didn't even know this. This character 
Thing Man is called Dr. Theodore Ted Salas, which is the fictional name. He actually emanates, he, he actually is from another scientific, he's a humanoid swamp thing that emanated from the Everglades of Florida. Really? <laughs> like, well, that, that, that actually sounds exactly right, actually. <laughs> that sounds like many people's autobiography. And he looks messed up. Why, Florida? We finally get a chance Why? to get a character from our own backyard, <laughs> and it looks like the tree in my backyard. It's, it does. It looks like Swamp Thing. Yeah, I thought it was. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, thing. I like never even heard of Man Thing. Never did. Didn't even know it was a character. <laughs> I never read any any Man Thing uh, book. <laughs> but the Legion of Monsters does sound like it would be great to bring that back. And maybe they do. You never know. I mean, here's the thing. If you come out with a new Ghost Rider film, which at this point you would have to, you know – to get the audience that have already seen two Ghost Riders movies, if they didn't like it, to get them to hit the reset button and give the third one a chance, will they? I don't know. I think they should. I definitely think that Ghost Rider also deserves a, a newer, updated movie as well. That's a very good point. I, I, I like the idea of the Legion of Monsters um, because even in <laughs> when I'm learning here, even there's a new version of this movie. There was also the Living Mummy. This is getting oh. this is hilarious. Like the so and the Punisher I actually slides in somehow in there along with the man thing in the situation. They have a whole other list of characters that would make us definitely take a second glance. I don't I, I just feel that when sometimes when we see Spider Man or we see Batman, oh it's another Spider Man movie. I hope it's gonna be good. I'm sure right. it'll be good, but it's Spider Man. I'm not saying that we're not all over those, but it's kinda new to it's nice to get something different. I agree. I agree. And I think there's some movies that they've made a few times over for certain heroes that just hasn't hit. Like, for example, I think, if I'm not mistaken, there's been three Punisher movies. And yeah. I don't think any one of them were like a huge success. One of them I, I did like more than the others, but none of them were wow enough that you're like, oh, I'm begging for a sequel. I'll be honest, till you mentioned it, I forgot about it. And it's See true. what I mean? See it's what I true. Mean? But I didn't forget about Ghost Rider. Right. Or maybe because Ghost Rider taps inside of me my horrific interest. Yes. Yes. You see my point? That horror element. Yeah. No. Now, Dean, we could create, maybe we shouldn't do this on air, but I have to ask this. If we could create another super character. You know that was monster light, but be whether it be antihero or whatever. That was a monster that, that people would like. What would be a welcome? Because we already have a witch. We got Scarlet Witch. We got all the other two witches. There's two more. Yeah. yeah. We got a vampire. Is done. We True. have. Do we have something with ghosts? Well, you have um the um the specter. Yeah, the specter. So I'm like thinking, like, what else could there be? That would do that, you know. What if the nun became <laughs> the what nun became a super What about a Sasquatch type movie? I don't think that a would Big be good, Foot? especially if it's done right. Yeah, yeah, a Bigfoot. Yeah, movie? that's a good one. Bigfoot considered a monster can be a monster. A good Bigfoot movie. I mean, I think that would mm. work. It, it listen to you have some darkness and some woods and a and a beast that people don't know about. You have the makings of a fantastic book or film 
That is true. That's true. Remember Harry Henderson in the 80s? Oh, that was great. But see, that was a lovable Bigfoot. It was a kid's movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't so yeah, but we could get away from that. Get make it darker, almost like right. it, in the same vein of darkness or dark tone as Sabrina, the yes. the, the, the dark adventures of Sabrina. Absolutely, Absolutely. like keep it in yes. that tone. Heck, yes. even Netflix or Shutter, pick it up. We'll direct it. We're here for you. <laughs> Absolutely, it could be yeah, a Sasquatch from hell. Is Sasquatch could be a demon? Ooh. Yeah, hmm. why not? That's a good one. Okay, Marvel no more ideas up. for the Nadine. That's yeah. that's yeah, for your know, that's I for know. your book later. No more no more ideas for them. <laughs> no more free ideas. No more free ideas. <laughs> Billy, we All have right. a question here from our buddy Max. Oh, Max. Max, happy New Year, Max, and thank you as always for listening and writing your questions. Max says, "Hey guys, great you're back. Morbius' storyline seems simple. Hmm. Do you think Hollywood will overdo it with Jared Leto?" That's a very good question. That's a very good question. I don't think so, Max. I'll tell you why. Think of all the other characters that we get. I mean, from this on the surface. I mean, comic book characters on the surface, they're complex, but there's not a lot of other things than static view of a page for you to get impressions and the, the narrative on the page to give you a thought of who they are. Hollywood has the advantage point because now we can create storylines and visuals that really make us connect further with the characters. And so I think that Jared will not overdo it only because in other things that I've seen him in, I always felt like he did his part well. He was good. He was committed to the role. I never felt like he's overacted. He got this look that makes me want to watch him because I think he's kind of creepy, but he looks cool. Like there's all these qualities about him that just make him attractive to be, you know, for attention. And so I, I think that if, if this works well, I don't think Jared will overdo it. And what are we comparing it to, Max? That's another thing. Because we haven't had another Morbius before. If anything, he has the vantage point now because he could really put a stamp on this role, you know, from not only now but for the future. We saw that with Black Panther. You know, Chadwick is not going to be cast again from what I'm hearing. No one else to put someone else in there would be like a dishonor to like, you know, to this role, Right. So right. maybe Jared may be that next person to really get that type of tribute. But do you think that uh, Jared, do you think he overdid it when he played the Joker in the Suicide Squad? I think that I felt like it's funny you say that because in Suicide Squad, I felt he was, he was good. But remember, I'm already influenced by what Joker has been elsewhere. Right. Right, right, right. So right, right. we've had so many other good examples of that, from Heath Ledger right. to Jack Nicholson. Uh, maybe I'm missing a third. But the point is, when he came in, I didn't expect him to be more than what he was because he was just enough for what we needed for that movie. Because he, because the Joker wasn't the ultimate focus. He was a focus, but not the ultimate focus of that film. True. That's true. That's a fair point. And perhaps if he, if the whole film was for himself, maybe we we wouldn't have felt that he was extra in some particular parts. Yeah, but he was. Like, when I saw that, I mean, oh, I thought he was. he was good. But it yeah. was like, okay, I forgot it was even Jared Leto until you said it right now. I'm like, that was him? Holy crap, it was. <laughs> See? That's why yeah. he'll be okay in Morbius. That's why he'll be okay in Morbius. He played some Victorian person in something I saw. I'm trying to remember what movie it was. He was so good. And, I'm, and I, again, the, the whole look and the vibe, 
he just gives that he gives that flavor that I think just makes it work. Because not everybody can bring that forward, you know, or make that happen. So I hope I'm really hoping and rooting for him, Max, to do okay in this, and I want the franchise to do well too. All right, I got number eleven, Nadine. I'm gonna do, take take this oh, okay. one. Go ahead. You know, Gregory wants to know. Doctor Octopus tried to recruit Morbius for his team. Have you guys read about the comic story? I haven't. I don't know if you have. I have not. Okay. Yeah, I have I, not, but it does sound interesting. Well, uh, you know, Doctor Octopus was wasn't he in something recently? Well, I saw him in something. Oh, wait, it was he's Octopus. In the new one. He's in the new Spider-Man one as well. Yeah, the new Spider-Man. That's right. Yeah. I thought that was. I thought the effects. Just as a side note, great job on that. Oh, yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Yeah, but and, no. And, you know, the, I haven't seen either, and I think it'd be interesting if at this point, if that storyline is Morbius is already a deemed as a more favorable character to team up with mm. somebody that's deemed as evil, like Doctor Octopus. I think uh, I think that makes for an interesting dynamic, right? What would Morbius want out of it? True, that's a very good point. A lot of good turns here. I like these yeah. previews of characters we don't know, you know, are about to fully know. It's super cool. Yeah. Billy, we have a question here from Stenson. Stenson says, great to have you guys back. Thank you, Stenson. What is the one thing you hope not to see in the forthcoming movie? Ooh, a really cheesy love story. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, God. I mean, yeah. I don't mind if he falls in love. I want him to find some kind of love or connection, but, oh, Please, I no, no. Please, don't go yeah. there. I know they're gonna have yeah. to go there because it's Jared. But, but as long as it's not, it doesn't overpower the the storyline. What about you? Well, so I'm want I want a new type of vampire. This is a new type of. This is supposed to be a new type of vampire movie. I want something a little different. Yeah, you know. Vampires suck blood, they, you know, they can infect someone else who can also be a vampire. I want something different from that storyline. And so if I get something just a little bit different where it doesn't play in to the the common things that we already know and the common stereotypes we already know about vampires, mm-hmm. I, I'm mm-hmm. just looking for something a little bit different. Okay, okay. I like the – in the trailer, the kills are pretty cool. Yeah. I thought, the, you know, the whole plasmic whatever that was going on that was happening, I'm still trying to figure that out myself, even when I was looking at the, the comic book two years ago. But I like that idea. That I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I just don't want – I just don't want these – or the other cliche that he becomes this character that's so flawed and so like, oh, help me, help right. me. Like, I don't like well, society because I have – I'm so gifted that I'm weird. Okay, right, we've seen right. it enough. Like, give him yeah. a little bit more um, – than the than the cliche. That's all. I definitely agree with you. Now we have a question here from Cristal, but I think we already kind of answered it, which was, "What do you think about oh. your little playing the role of Morbius?" Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, we like it. I think it's a good fit. I, I have no so objection. Too. I think so too. No I think he'll do it more justice than he did Joker. I'm not saying he was bad. I just think he'll. This role seems a little better for him. Hmm. But Kim's question is good. Can we classify Morbius as an anti-hero? I think it depends on where in Morbius' storyline you're looking. So if you're looking at early Morbius storylines in the comics, then 
yes, he's definitely he's a villain, and then eventually, I guess he turns into an antihero, and more or less right. stays that way because he's never right. fully a one hundred percent superhero. I think antihero Kim is actually the the best definition of him. What do you think, Billy? I agree. I do. I just only hope at the end of the movie, you know how Marvel does this. It's, well, Sony owns it, but Sony did it with Marvel, right? I'm not sure. But right. oh, you know how Marvel yeah. does those things, those little film things at the end? When they do like a little scene that's oh, going to tell you what's coming in the little, future? Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering, like, all of a sudden I see, like, some web of Spider-Man. <laughs> That'd be great. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? Like, I, be actually, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because then I, that gives me hope. There's a future for this franchise. Right. Yeah. Right. Which I really sense. do hope to see it. Yeah. Likewise. And I think we have one more question, don't we, Billy? Okay. Uh, yes, from Anna. Last question. Which I hope, Anna, I'm going to read the question, and I hope with everything today we've already answered you. Anna says, who is Morbius? I've never heard of him until I saw your flyer. Ooh. Well, thank you for seeing the flyer, Anna. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for seeing the flyer, and thank you for writing in. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Not only see the flyer, but giving us a shout-out that you saw it and ask about it, you know? Well, Morbius is the living vampire created by by Marvel in 1971 as a debut, the latter part of that year. And it's a story about this Dr. Michael Morbius, who, interestingly, is created, you know, he wants to find his cure for his blood disease and ends up mixing vampire blood DNA with his own and creating himself into this vampiric pseudo beast of sorts. And his story just unfolds from there. And it crosses over into other storylines of other incredible characters um, of, of the comic book lore um, genre genres that were popular in the time. And so it gave him a life and it gave him a presence. And now we're getting a meaning of him for today in the 21st century something we've never seen before. So he's the living vampire we hope to see around again and again for years to come. That was a great answer, Billy. And, and just we're gonna like keep that, it we're that. back for 2022. <laughs> we sure are. And we want to say thank you for listening. Thanks, Nadine, for, for joining us, as always. And I want to remind people, our next show is February 4th, where we're going to be looking at black horror writers directors, yes. and producers. So that's February 4th. And then on February 18th, presidential hauntings for President's Day. So folks, go to everydayfolksradio.com. Go check out our lineup. The 2022 schedule is up. We did so well, and we kept our promise to you in 2021. We hope you'll keep the same with us in 2022. And with that, thank you for joining us. Until February 4th, folks, stay safe and healthy, and happy 2022.